no story that's inside of you, no emotion that's inside of you is too weird or strange. If you feel it, it is human. Therefore, you know, you are doing someone a service to try to describe it. Hi, everyone. I am Jim Ryan, president of the University of Virginia, and I'd like to welcome all of you to the 10th episode of Inside UVA. This podcast is a chance for me to speak with some of the amazing people at the university and to learn more about what they do and who they are. My hope is that listeners will ultimately have a better understanding of how UVA works and a deeper appreciation of the remarkably talented and dedicated people who make UVA the institution it is. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Rita Dove, the Henry Hoynes Professor of Creative Writing at the University of Virginia, to today's episode of Inside UVA. Professor Dove, thank you very much for joining me. It's my delight, Jim. Is it okay if we call each other by our first names? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Rita, you are easily one of the most celebrated, uh, respected, and admired poets in the country, if not the world. Uh, Among your long list of accomplishments are serving as Poet Laureate of the United States and Poet Laureate of the Commonwealth. Um, You have received 28 honorary doctorate degrees from places like Yale, Harvard, and Spelman. You have won the National Humanities Medal and the National Medal for the Arts, and you are not slowing down even a little bit. Your latest book of poetry, Playlist for the Apocalypse, which we'll come back to, and was recently named by New York Times critics as one of the top books of 2021, and I believe the only collection of poetry um, on that list. So let me just say it is a real honor to be speaking with you, and I'm a little nervous right now. Oh, you shouldn't be. <laughs> you can't be the president of, the, of my Fuck. university. <laughs> Um, but you're Rita Dove. <laughs> um, so let's start at the beginning. Um, I'm curious what got you into poetry and creative writing, and at what point in your life did you know this is going to be my life's work? I think my love of poetry began even before I learn to read because I I loved books and I loved picture books and I loved the stories that they told without using words. So I loved those images that they were creating. But then I started to read and that was the beginning of of everything because I I devoured books and I read anything I could get my hands on, cereal boxes. Uh, You know, I would be reading at the breakfast table. But then I also went to the bookshelf, which thank God we had in our house. Um, My father was a chemist. My mother loved literature. So we had this eclectic group of of books from analytical or organic chemistry textbooks to Shakespeare. That was the biggest book. That's the book I took down, Shakespeare. And so at 10, I was trying to read Shakespeare. No kidding. Yeah. And I, of course, I didn't understand half of what I was reading, but the half I did understand was so beautiful, was so lyrical, and I could still, I read the plays mostly um, because they had a narrative, and so I could follow them, and, and it was amazing what language could do. That was the beginning. Right. And when did you start writing yourself? Uh, probably about the same time, though, I did start with writing science fiction stories because my brother loved science fiction and I read all of his books. But I also read Mad Magazine. 
And, oh, so did I. Okay, I mean, Mad Magazine was the best because they, they really, they did these little plays, they did these satirical things. And so I began to try to write rhymed poetry. And I still remember uh, the first time I wrote a, a poem that I was so proud of because I didn't know the end until I had written myself through the form. And it was about a rabbit, and the rabbit had a droopy ear, and that was that was his problem, that he had one ear that hung down. And so I, I wrote this rhymed poem, and I didn't know how it was going to end. How was he going to solve his ear problem? And it was the rhyme that helped me solve his ear problem. So, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Okay, so fast forward. You're in college. Um, are you thinking at that point that you are going to make a go at at being a poet and a creative writer. I mean, it's it's not an easy path to pursue, and you have to be courageous, I think, to say, this is what I want to do. Well, you know, even though I, I loved poetry and wrote it all the time, I went into college thinking I was going to be a lawyer or maybe a psychoanalyst. I, I, I changed my major about three or four times in my first semester. And it wasn't until I got into a creative writing class, and I stumbled into it too. I, one of the required courses at my university, Miami University of Ohio, was a composition. And the professor came in saying, we're gonna write stories, and you will learn about composition through stories. And I thought, there's a course in writing? I can get credit for this thing I love. So I started in that course and I went next semester immediately over into poetry. That was it. I mean, I loved it. And at that point, I think I was hovering between uh, becoming a musician because I was playing the cello in the orchestra and I really loved music as well. But I was so shy. I thought I, I, I can never be a performer. And with poetry, which I loved too, I could take it everywhere. I didn't have to step in front of audiences. I mean, if I knew what I knew now. And I decided to try it until I, you know, had nothing to eat. And then I would, you know, do something else. Uh, and uh, luckily, I never ran out of something to eat. So. And here you are today. Yeah. Um, was there a big break moment for you? when you were a young poet, or was it more gradual that your work received some critical acclaim and then more notice and then more critical acclaim? It, you know, it goes in bits and spurts. Uh, I had a, some, a couple of really lucky breaks, I think, early on, and, and some of them happened at university when I was an undergraduate. They, they invited writers to come in, and one of the poets said, uh, you know, I, I really like these poems. Can I publish them in my magazine? I had no idea what his magazine was. So I went and asked my professors, and they said, are you out of your mind right now? Give me those poems. Give me those poems. <laughs> uh, so. It, it, was, it was not Mad Magazine, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> that I would have known. <laughs> I would have known. No, um, it was Antaeus, which was a fantastic magazine. And then... The editor, Dan Halpin, also published me in, in, a, in an anthology he was putting together of new young uh, writers, all of which is to say um, I, I maybe had written 10 poems I liked at that point, you know. And, and so I, 
that was a little early flip, but then of course immediately went down into nothingness, nothingness, nothingness for a while. But what I learned from that early thing, uh, recognition, I think, is that that's not what you're writing for. That's not what I was writing for. I was writing to get across to other strangers some deep and private emotions and thoughts so that I could feel that, that we're not alone on the planet. And it all sounds corny, but that's basically what I think every every artist is doing in their own particular medium. My medium was words. My medium was a language. And when I was entangled in the language was when I was happiest. <laughs>